Hello, thanks for tuning in and joining us for this edition of Scotland Matters SLE's podcast. My name is Lindsay Duncan and I'm host for this edition. Uh, I am the policy advisor for Real Business and Property at Scottish Land Estates and I am this morning joined by Neil Freshwater from Velux, who is the public affairs manager. Neil joined Velux as public affairs manager in early 2019 and is based at the company's GB in Ireland head office in Glenrothes in Fife. Before that, he has held a number of public affairs roles, both in consultancy and for NGOs, including five years as Scottish policy manager at the RSCS. Immediately prior to joining Velux, he worked for the Ministry of Defence based at Rossith Dockyard. Neil is here to speak about Velux's research findings in the Healthy Homes Barometer. Welcome, Neil. Thanks very much for having me on. Not a problem at all. So we'll get straight into the questions. Um, mm. And the first question I'll ask is, what were Velux's reasons behind the development of the Healthy Homes Barometer? Yeah, excellent. Uh, good question. So um, the Healthy Homes Barometer is, is something that we've been um, doing for about uh, five or six years. We launched it in 2015. But I think what's kind of helpful is just to kind of look at the background to the company and, and, and why we why we ended up there. So um, we were set up as a, as a business back in uh, 1941, so just over just over 80 years ago. Um, uh, by a chap called Willem Can Rasmussen, who was a, a Danish uh, engineer and uh, inventor. Uh, he had some weird and wonderful um, inventions. Some were some were successful, some not so. But he was most famous for obviously the the Velux window, and his kind of inspiration for that was very much around turning kind of dark, dingy attic spaces into into habitable places that you could actually live. So rather than just simply having a, a sort of leaky loft, you had an actual room. Uh, that you could actually live in and his main sort of aspiration was to, to create a roof window which was built to the same standard uh, as a vertical window um, and therefore you could as I say in, in, inhabit the space and that's very much been what we've done ever since for the last 80 years I mean we, we still manufacture roof windows um, and roof lights um, and obviously the, the bits and pieces that go with them to help install them and, and, and the accessories but fundamentally that is still our, our core product to this day so it's very much been about making um, or improving indoor indoor environments through 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 daylight uh, and, and fresh air and that as I say has, has what we've what we've been doing for for the best part of 80 years um, and so I suppose our focus over the years has been around the indoor environment um, and, you know, and how do you how do you improve that the barometer we first did back in 2015 because we decided and um, we wanted to, to sort of try and quantify this in some way. We talk a lot about the, the energy efficiency side of things and that that's probably a much more um, easier thing to, to, to identify and to, to quantify. But this was about wider aspects beyond just simply the energy efficiency of a building, but also about how, how it, uh, the, the insides of a building um, to get IEQ or eternal environmental quality to give it its, uh, its sort of technical term. Um, and the barometer started off, um, as I say, in 2015 with a kind of uh, a survey across Europe of around 250,000 households. And we sort of said to people, so you know, what, are the, what are your sort of health priorities? Um, and we partnered with a, with a, a research institute to make sure that it was uh, you know, pro- properly done and so forth. And what we found was that in the, in the, um, of the, the kind of top 10 issues, three or four of them in the top five, uh, related to the built environment, related to your house, related to the green space around you and so on. So we developed this questioning further in the following year. Uh, and then in the more recent publications, so sort of 2017, 18, 19, 20, we wanted to try and sort of, again, quantify what the actual housing stock was like across the whole of Europe. So this includes the United Kingdom, it includes Scotland, but it includes the whole of Europe. Um, and what we've, we've been doing with, with on that line is we've accessed the European-wide data set, which is essentially at that 
household uh, census data, if you like. But in that data, there are it records the prevalence of things like coldness, dampness, darkness, and so on. So we record kind of what the condition of of of, of houses are like across across Europe, uh, and then we can, can sort of compare them to the member state by member state or country by country. Now, obviously, the UK is left, but the the data is still in there, and this kind of gives us a. Uh, a kind of snapshot of, of the uh, you know the, the, the healthiness if you like or the unhealthiness of, of housing stock and what we find from that research looking at at, uh, at Scotland and, and the UK as a whole is that uh, the UK does have quite old old um, uh, one of the oldest housing stocks in in, in, in in Europe and you know so we don't fare particularly well on, on that front but um, yeah so that that's kind of the, the background to it and really from our point of view it's it's about sort of trying to as I say quantify um, the idea of a healthy building because it's sometimes not something which is necessarily at the forefront we do a lot of things which you know, we would think were, were were healthy and of course of course they are but it's sometimes when you're trying to sort of speak to someone about it you don't not necessarily it's it's quite difficult to kind of articulate one of the good examples is I, I used to own a flat in Edinburgh and it was a small flat on a top floor and I sold it and I bought a much bigger flat on the first floor and when I sort of left Edinburgh I look back and think why did I prefer that much smaller top floor flat and it was for me it was because I had views and I had daylight whereas the um the, the big grand flat that I had after that was was actually quite oppressive to live in I didn't actually like being in it despite the fact it was for all intents and purposes a much nicer flat so these are things which are um you know quite difficult to articulate people know that something is makes them feel better or, or what have you but it's 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 difficult to, to 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 sort of communicate that if you're trying to sort of tell people how they should be making buildings healthier. Now, obviously, I've I've touched on that as as daylight, but, but as I said before, the way that we look at a sort of healthy building are typically measuring four um four aspects. One is around acoustic properties, so make sure there's no unwanted noise coming in. Um, one is obviously making sure it's warm enough and or not too hot. Uh, another is making sure that it's it's the indoor air quality is 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 sufficient. These are the things that we've sort of measured in, 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 in the Healthy Homes uh, barometer. And these are things which we think should be alongside some of the wider issues in, around things like you know, energy efficiency uh, and so forth. So, um, so that's kind of in, in, in a sort of long-winded way, kind of where we are with, with the Healthy Homes barometer. It's about trying to create this holistic view of buildings, not just about, um, about energy efficiency, which obviously is massively important, but also about how do humans inside um, feel when they're living there, how healthy are they, etc. And I suppose in the past couple of years, um, do you think that the, the COVID-19 pandemic in particular has heightened society's awareness of the need for healthy home living spaces? Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely right. I mean, we, by coincidence, and we were we were very keen not to link these two, and we deliberately made um decision not to do that up until um, the end of 2019. We were running a campaign called the Indoor Generation, um, which was basically trying to, again, uh, articulate the, you know, the fact we spend 90% of our time indoors. And actually, your indoor environment is as important, if not more, than the outdoor environment. So um, this was something that we'd ran up until, um, up until the end of 2019. Obviously, we had, the, we had the pandemic. We all know what, how that was. We, we ended up spending even more time, potentially, uh, indoors, particularly uh, in different situations. Um, you know, for example, working from home rather than, than in an office. So I think you know people do will will have spent a lot more time reflecting on 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 some of these some of these aspects. Obviously, there's two elements to it. One is um, you know you're sitting at home and you're looking around, thinking, "Goodness, you know, I, this might you know this might be fine for for you know um, sleeping in, but it's not particularly good for working in. You know, how can how can I adapt that? Um, you know, that's kind of 
one aspect and you know people you've seen a lot of certainly where i live uh, near kinross you've sort of seen home offices popping up uh, left right and center or, or garden offices rather left right and center in people's gardens um and then the other aspect of course is, is the more recent kind of health messaging around the importance of good indoor air quality so you've, you've seen that with both um scottish government guidance and uk government guidance around you know the need to to kind of ventilate um you know for example, when there's a group of a group of people, um, you know, coming together, particularly, you know, when, when we had the pandemic, obviously, it's it's things are getting better, which is which is obviously great. So I think, you know, there, there has been a huge amount of awareness. I think these, you know, these are things that, that we should have been perhaps doing anyway. But certainly, I think, you know, there's been a, a heightened awareness. But as I say, we were always very, you know, keen that we didn't sort of, you know, seek to capitalize on on the on the pandemic and, and being indoors. But you cannot. Um, I think avoid the fact that people have been sitting sitting at home looking around thinking right how can i how can i improve this indoor space how can i make it more comfortable for me to be in for us to be in here um what are the things that i don't like about it etc so i think there is a, a very much a kind of yeah a heightened awareness since the um since certainly the lockdowns have have, have taken place over the last couple of years and and how do you think homeowners can go about improving the health of the homes and this is also, I suppose, caveated, as you mentioned earlier, with energy efficiency regulations. So how can they do this whilst also continuing to decarbonize their properties? Yeah. So there's kind of there's a couple of elements there. I think um, you know, there's there's things that we can people can do um just, you know, themselves. And these are, you know, very basic things which I'm sure we're mostly aware of. It might not necessarily follow the advice, but simple things like, you know, making sure there is enough fresh air in in in, in the buildings, making sure that you do, you know, crack the window at night if you know and 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 uh, you know, making sure that you've, 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 you can get a decent night's sleep. So, you know, yes, great, you've got lots of daylight, but you also need to make sure you've got lots of darkness when, when you need to sleep. So, you know, things like that, making sure you've got sort of blackout, blackout blinds, ventilating when you're cooking, ventilating when you're, um, when, you, when you're having a shower and things, you know, these are very sort of basic things at a, at a kind of human behavioural level. But where there is perhaps the bigger opportunity and the bigger challenge is around, and, and very much as, as you've touched on there, um, connected with the, um, the energy efficiency piece, um, and this is about, you know, how do you, how do you make buildings um, healthy at the same time as making them more uh, energy efficient? And one of the things that, that, that we've been sort of involved in over the last sort of, uh, as well as our Healthy Homes Barometer type research, um, we also did actually build around 30 uh, uh, model homes. Or, well, I say model homes, they were actually real, real houses that are now uh, lived in by families um, around the world. And we actually um, designed them in a, in a way which, were very energy efficient, but also tried to optimize health as well. Um, and we actually built these as essentially living laboratories. So people, we built them and people lived in them and we monitored um, uh, their behavior. Um, and we, we sort of over 10 years kind of gathered this, this sort of data. Um, and and some, sort of on the back of that, we've we kind of came up with this, this concept of, of how you can, um, uh, how you can um, build a house which does both um, uh, um, does both provide good um, health for the planet, if you like, uh, and uh, good health for the um, for the environment, and that's very much about when. So to go back to the question about a homeowner, say renovating a property, uh, or an architect who's who's doing the specifications for it, is as well as looking at yeah okay so you have the building regs just now primarily focus on things like you know. Um, uh, insulation, um, energy efficiency, etc., which obviously is 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 massively important. You then also say, well, how do you balance that with things like uh, indoor environments, so things like as I've mentioned before, um, indoor air quality, daylight, uh, thermal comfort, etc. 
Um, so those are kind of two elements. And then the third element of it is also looking at things like um, the energy source. So um, how energy efficient is the building, but also how, um, where's the energy coming from? Is there opportunity for, for renewables and so forth? You know, what is the impact of that? And then the final element you can add to that is looking at the, the construction side of things as well. So, you know, how much energy does it take to, 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 to build the property? How much does it take to, you know, to demolish it at the end of life? How much of it is, is, is using re recycled materials? So you've got these kind of three um, aspects, the sort of indoor environment, there is energy consumption, and then there is the kind of sustainable construction side of it as well. So the idea is that whenever you're sort of looking at one of these aspects, you also look at the other ones as well. So it's not just about, um, it's not just about one, it is a, an, a holistic approach. And that is, that is very much the, the kind of key, the key takeaway from that. Um, at a more kind of technical level, you've got simple things like, you know, if you are insulating a property, which to, to make it more airtight, that you also look at how do you then ventilate the property? Because often you know, all the buildings will naturally ventilate themselves because they're a bit leaky, you know, and that's, you know, that keeps the fresh air coming in, but it's not in a very controlled way. So um, it's, you know, it's absolutely desirable to, to be able to, um, uh, to, to, to seal the building up and, and, and insulate it so that the energy that you do use ha has, a, has a greater currency, that it, it heats the building for longer and uses less, um, less carbon ultimately. But then how do you then ensure that the air circulation is also changing? So you, you've, got to, you've got to have a, 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 a particular um, or an appropriate ventilation strategy as well, whether that's mechanical or making sure you've got windows and so forth that, 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 that can open and, and so, so on. So so yeah, so those are sort of probably the, the, the slightly um, more challenging um, questions because these aren't just sort of simple things you can do at home. We've talked a bit about them. These these are the are the um, the sort of bigger, more renovation-based uh, type changes or interventions. Um, but of course, these are, are are where there is the opportunity. So when it comes to things like um, building regulations, when it comes to things like government uh, policy for retrofitting, so when you retrofit for energy efficiency, uh, there is an opportunity to say, well, actually, when we're doing of the energy efficiency renovations how do we ensure that also we can improve the um how can we improve the uh the indoor quality of the building as well as as these uh these kind of environmental and energy efficiency factors as well brilliant thank you and i mean you talked you touched on their um building regulations i think mm. you know the last question i have is that you know when there is a review of new building regulations or even building standards what would you expect to see included that will aid the health of new build properties? Yeah, I mean, there's there's, there's a number of things which are coming in at the moment. We're we're seeing it um, in both in Scotland. We're seeing it both in in the building regs for England as well, and that's on things like overheating. Obviously, with with climate change, that's becoming a more um, prevalent thing, and you know. Um, that's one of the very important aspects of of of, of making buildings uh, buildings healthier. But I think there are more opportunities that can be done. Um, Scotland, I would say, probably is slightly ahead of the game uh, across the UK. We already have a, uh, although it's very small, there is actually a minimum daylight requirement in in the Scottish building standards. Whereas in the building regs in England, there actually isn't. Um, you, you still have to have windows for other reasons, but there's no actual requirement for daylight, which Scotland has. Um, that I think could be actually amplified. Um, there was a, uh, a European daylight standard which was uh, introduced um, a couple of years ago, which has been adopted by the um, uh, the British Standards Institute as well. Um, although it's a voluntary standard, I think you know, reference to that could be could be helpful as well in terms of in terms of the daylight aspects. I think where there is a sort of much broader opportunity with with changes to building building standards is um, the introduction of of renovation passports. Um, 
And I think this is important both for the health aspect, but also for the energy efficiency aspect too. Um, and the idea of a building renovation passport is that when you have a property, there is kind of a, a, a bit like when you have a um, the service book in your in your car, if you take your car in to be serviced, there's kind of a record of everything that's been done to the car over its lifetime. So when you come to sell it, people know what's happened to it. And similarly, the idea of a building renovation passport is that you have this record of um, what's been done to it and what could be done to it as well. So um, this is very much tied in with like the EPC ratings for, for energy, the energy performance certificate ratings of a building. So it says, right, you buy a property, um, it's had this done to it so far, but then um, what is the kind of route to making this building the most efficient and the most healthy it can be? So that's very much about a kind of central information resource for each property, if you like. Um, and that's something which you know is, is being rolled out in a number of European countries. But the, the opportunity there, as well as having the energy efficiency side, is you can have things like, um, you can have health parameters in that as well. So you can have things like simplified uh, overheating, tools to sort of say you know how do you ensure that the property isn't overheating or how does it score on that front does it require changes on that you can do things like um uh simplified daylight um measurements to make sure it's got adequate uh, adequate daylight and so forth um and similar you know things like you know um ventilation and, and air quality too and i think this is a particularly good tool because as well as um uh being useful for the homeowner as well as being uh you know an opportunity to include health parameters there is also i think a really really really, really sensible for governments particularly when they're putting money into into um think into retrofit because they know that when they're investing this money that it's not being wasted in the future and to give you an example of that you know i i myself installed a heat pump in my uh, my house a couple of years ago and now there was a requirement for that to have various bits of retrofit already done so for example loft insulation you wouldn't get the funding unless already had loft insulation now obviously yes i can stick my head up in the loft but i also had a lot of paperwork just lying in my drawer which said that i'd had loft insulation handed over from the previous previous um previous owners but of course you know there'll be situations where that's not possible someone will say well i want to put in a heat pump but i i uh i don't know if i've i've got i meet all these, these requirements so if you had that that central um database of, of a building renovation passport or call it an extended epc for 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 want of a better word, then um, it makes it much more, um, it might, much easier. And so, when government is investing all this this money in making these properties uh, more energy efficient, uh, there is uh, there is a kind of central record of what's been done in the past. There's no sort of risk of duplication in, in, in the in, over over the years. So that I think is from the government's point of view, or, or whoever is who's making the investments, is, is is very useful. But as I say, I think that. Uh, tool can also then be extended to include things like the EPC, but also things like uh, health parameters such as, you know, um, as I say, you know, uh, daylight scores and uh, indoor air quality and, and so forth. And again, it's about sort of information and signposting and, and so on. But these are opportunities, I think, which can uh, come out of, of, of building regulations as, as, uh, as well. Well, Neil, I just want to, that, that kind of concludes today's podcast. And I just want to thank you for joining us today. Um, and I want thank to thank so everyone. No, not a problem at all. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, I ho do hope you found this podcast interesting and informative. Um, but that is all for today. Thank you. Thanks very much.